day eight of Shaped by the Word. We've been reading through the Gospel of Luke. It's been a great first week. Have enjoyed uh, reading, you know, this Gospel, such a rich Gospel. When you look at the Gospel of Luke, uh, he arranges, he loves to arrange his stories geographically, of course. Famously, Acts is from uh, Jerusalem to Judea, Samaria, and then uh, we go all the way to the uttermost parts of the world for uh, Luke was Rome, so we end up in Rome. Also, when you come to the Gospel of Luke, you begin in Jerusalem and you end in Jerusalem. But uh, he immediately takes us for the ministry of Jesus to Galilee. And then he traces, you know, from chapter 9 on the road from Galilee to Jerusalem. And then he spends a lot of time, you know, chapters 19 through 24 on that last week, which most of the Gospels do. Uh, the gospel is that God is accomplishing in and through us what we could uh, never accomplish for ourselves through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So we pick up in the gospel of Luke, pick up in chapter 4, where Jesus' ministry actually begins. We've just uh, been introduced in chapter 3 to uh, John the Baptist and his ministry. Here we're introduced to Jesus and his ministry. Mm-hmm. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, Luke chapter 4, verse 1. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you're the Son of God, tell the stone to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone. The devil led him to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I'll give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me... It will all be yours. Jesus answered, as written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, Throw yourself down here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered, But it said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all his tempting, he left him until an opportune time. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and the news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son? they asked. Jesus said to them, Surely you will quote this proverb to me, Physician, heal yourself, and you will tell me, Do here in your hometown what we have heard that you did in Capernaum. Truly I tell you, he continued, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the sky was shut for three and a half years and there was a severe famine throughout the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them, but to a widow in Zarephath in the region of Sidon. And there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha the prophet, yet not one of them was cleansed, only Naaman the Syrian. All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up and drove, out of the, drove him out of the town and took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff. But he walked right through the crowd and went on his way. Then he went to Capernaum, a town in Galilee, and on the Sabbath he taught the people. 
They were amazed at his teaching because his words had authority. In the synagogue, there was a man possessed by a demon, an impure spirit. He cried out at the top of his voice, Go away. What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, Jesus said sternly. Come out of him. Then the demon threw the man down before all of, <coughs> before them all and came out without n- injuring him. All the people were amazed and said to each other, What words these are, with authority and power. He gives orders to impure spirits, and they come out. And the news about him spread throughout the surrounding area. Jesus left the synagogue and went to the home of Simon. Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever, and they asked Jesus to help her. So he bent over and rebuked the fever, and it left her. She got up at once and began to wait on them. Sunset, the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sickness, and laying his hands on each one, he healed them. Moreover, demons came out of many people, shouting, you are the Son of God, but he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak because, he, because they knew he was the Messiah. At daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. The people were looking for him, and when they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving. But he said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to other towns also, because that is why I have sent. And he kept on preaching in the synagogues of Judea. Mm-hmm. A nice little section introducing us to what Mark meant when he said the good news of the kingdom of God. And mm-hmm. this is the kingdom of God breaking through, restoring everything that has been alienated from loss, reaching to people that are beyond the boundaries. So you have a wonderful description of the kingdom of God. Of course, you probably notice a number of allusions to the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. uh, which is a big emphasis for Luke. The, one of the major things Luke wants us to realize is what a gift we have in the Holy Spirit and the power of God in us and through us is the same power that was working in and through Jesus. It's a fun little section. Yeah. What did you guys uh, see as you read through this chapter? Mm. It, it's always, you know, it just stands out to me. You get in chapter 4, verse 18 and 19. I mean, a lot of people would say this is kind of the programmatic section for Luke Acts, you know, and, and I think you kind of summarize that briefly where he's not only showing us what Jesus has come to do in, you know, in bringing about the kingdom, but also the way that the Spirit has empowered Jesus to bring about the kingdom and then when we get to you know, later in Acts, and, and um, you know, when we get to later in Luke and in Acts, we see the Spirit being given to the believers to continue the mission. And you know, Luke's even going to say this is what Jesus continues to do you know, through the Spirit. So um, you know, it's, it's an incredible section, 18 and 19, uh, not only for what it, it communicates to us about what Jesus came to do, but also you know, preparing us for what, what's ahead. It's mm, good. I, I noticed it's more towards the beginning of the chapter. Um, the first temptation of Satan is, um, if you are the son of God, tell the stone to become bread. I just thought it was so ironic that um, he would try to tempt him by asking him to turn stone into bread when he's the one. I mean, we know from our perspective, he's the one that provided manna in the wilderness. And I know that this is to parallel right the Israelites in the wilderness for 40 years and Jesus isn't here in the wilderness for 40 days but here's the one who provided manna for the Israelites and he later calls himself the bread of life um, and the first temptation that he gets is to turn the stone to become bread of course we know he could easily right um, but he answers him f- quoting Deuteronomy 8 3 and says it is written man shall not live on yeah. bread alone and the temptation, the temptation, of course, is to use his power, power. for his, for his own means and yeah. his own personal gratification. Mm-hmm. It's a gift that God has given him for the sake of the kingdom, and for the sake of others. And, y- and you're right, Katie. You know, 
Luke wants us to see strong parallels between Jesus, the faithful son of God, and Israel, the unfaithful mm-hmm. son of God. And so you kind of have uh, you know, the crossing of the Jordan in reverse. Right. Jesus goes to the Jordan, crosses back into the wilderness uh, where he is tested. Uh, they were tested for 40 years. He's tested for 40 days. And, of course, all of these temptations were common you know, to Israel. They grumbled about food, and, and they tested God. And, of course, Jesus' response is there are a lot of things more important than food. Mm-hmm. If you take the whole quotation, it's, you don't live by bread alone, but every word that comes out of you mm-hmm. know, God's mouth. And, of course, they were tempted to idolatry. Uh, and uh, Satan says, you know, what an interesting mm-hmm. statement Satan makes. I, I can give this to anyone I please. Yeah. And certainly Paul will call him the God of this age. And he certainly is in control you know, of many things that are going on in our age. And, of course, what you have in Jesus is this inbreaking of God's kingdom, reclaiming mm-hmm. territory from him. And through the cross, already, you know, a defeated foe. But just a reminder, now our worship belongs to one, not a golden calf and not all of the wealth of the world. Our worship belongs, you know, to God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I see so much. I of, have Katie uh, and Matt here, so a lot of times they talk over each other. <laughs> <laughs> I just see so much of Philippians 2 in this as well, you know, where you have Jesus who has, ev- I mean, he has every right, you know, and he has the power to do whatever he wants in this moment, and yet he doesn't use it, you know. But, yeah. I mean, you just see so much of what Paul's speaking about there, and, and even just, I think, showing us, yeah, I mean, all three of these quotations come from Deuteronomy and mm-hmm. you know, the second giving of the law. And, and you just have what Jesus is showing us what it looks like to truly be obedient, you know, to God's law. It, it's not like it's, I look at these things and, you know, what would it be wrong with Jesus eating in this moment? But he, he's, there's something far greater at stake, yeah. you know, and he knows it. And he, he knows that at the heart of it, it's, it's about obedience to, to the father. And he's modeling for us, you know, and I mean, powerfully demonstrating how to combat temptation. Yeah, you know, he, every time he just he quotes God's yeah. word. And no, you know, no sin, and you know, no sin in eating, but there is a sin in uh, not trusting God. Yeah, right. exactly. For right. your provision and looking to yourself rather than you know than looking to Him. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and you're right. You know, Deuteronomy was Moses' speech to that unfaithful. You know, to the generation just after that unfaithful generation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was saying, remember everything that uh, your fathers did. You know, to forfeit you know, the promise that God had given them and make sure you don't. So every one of these quotations are encouragement from Moses to those people. Jesus is the one who actually fulfilled yeah. that yeah. Uh, in, in his own time. And of course, you were talking about, uh, you know, uh, where it's programmatic. Uh, and, and if there's one place Luke wants to open up, you know, the program or what the kingdom is for us is in the first sermon of Jesus that he preserves for us when he, you know, goes uh, to the synagogue in Nazareth, mm-hmm. his hometown. And they give him the Isaiah scroll, and he unrolls, you know, to the Isaiah scroll, and reads that wonderful section. The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And of course, that is the kingdom of God breaking in, in a in, in a beautiful way. It reaches to the margins. It reaches mm-hmm. to those the world has forgotten. It reaches to those uh, who have uh, been, you know, uh, 
what word am I looking for? Mm-hmm. Who, you know, been ravaged, yeah. you know, by the brokenness in in this world. So it's that great reversal that we heard, you know, last week in uh, Mary's song, mm-hmm. where she said, uh, "You sent the rich away empty, but He has filled the poor with good things." And it's good news to those uh, who find themselves lacking, you know, yeah. the things of this world. And isn't it interesting that that um, the people didn't get mad when he read that passage from Isaiah, but they got real mad when he talked about that uh, Elijah was in verse 26, yet Elijah was not sent to any of them, but to a widow in Zarephath in the region of Sidon, who is not an Israelite. And there were many in Israel. um, I think I might've skipped a page. Yeah. With leprosy in the time of Elisha, the prophet, yet not one of them was cleansed, only Naaman the Syrian, who is also not an Israelite. So, I mean, he's pointing out this, um, I don't know, the Israelites wouldn't listen, so God was healing people outside of the covenant people of Israel. The the inbreaking of the kingdom is good news for the Gentiles. And it's it's far far more than just a political kingdom that Jesus is coming to, yeah. you know, be an earthly king of. It's salvations to the end of the earth. Yeah. yeah. And you're getting, you know, some mixed results. You know, uh, people are amazed, and Luke kind of compresses this. People are amazed at his teaching and the way that he teaches. But they're also saying, you know, isn't this Joseph's son? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, wait a minute. You know, nobody, you know, nobody from Nazareth, uh, you know, <laughs> none of our peers, you know, going to you know, talk to us like that. And that's when he you know, he turns and he said, obviously, you're going to say to me, uh, you know, the proverb, your proverb's true, prophet's not you know, without honor except in his own hometown. And you're going to ask me to do some of the same things you've heard me, you know, doing elsewhere. And that's when he begins to talk about, you know, God has always uh, been open to the Gentiles. Yeah. Many times his own people have been closed to him, but God has always been open to the Gentiles. And this is programmatic for Luke as well. He's going to highlight all through his gospel where you see the gospel reaching, you know, those, you know, reaching mm-hmm. to the nations. And so these are the first couple of examples in that you know, yeah. very first sermon. So they take him out to a cliff to throw him over the cliff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Their messianic expectations were, you know, far different yeah. than someone who was going to talk about God's grace extending beyond them. Yeah, and uh, you see their prejudices come in. Yeah, and I I love how Luke illustrates just the power, you know, that Jesus proclaims, or you know, the power with which Jesus proclaims, because Mm -hmm. he he points out three times, you know, to proclaim the good news, to proclaim freedom, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, and you know, the spirit of the Lord is on him. And then you get to the impure spirits, and it says he speaks, you know, because his words had authority, with authority and power he had been given. You know that he's not just one who speaks in the line of authority or in the line of the authority of the rabbis right. or something he is the one when he speaks he is authority the demonstration mm-hmm. of the power of the kingdom uh reclaiming territory that's been lost yeah uh, satan boldly you know uh, boldly brags at the beginning of this that he has authority over all of this and god mm-hmm. is reclaiming authority and will through the cross defeat him yeah. you know completely yeah. It's a fun section, and uh, we're going to continue as we read through this together to highlight you know, the connections between the Old Testament story and the New Testament story, which are rich in the Gospel of Luke. So it's been fun reading today. I hope you've enjoyed reading it as well, and there's so many other things that you could highlight and think about and uh, contemplate on from this passage. Hmm. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that you build us up in Christ Jesus through your word. We thank you for the wonderful story that you've invited us into 
and uh, we pray father that we we could live our part of the story as you through us advance your kingdom in our world it's in your holy name we pray amen, amen.